This is Cheryl Tan, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers. This is Amy J. And you are listening to Chasing Dreams, episode number 83. That is a crazy number for me every time I say it, but it's still true because we're just going higher and higher. And today we are bringing you a wonderful lady who is on the show and who is spending her her morning on a Saturday to share her journey with you guys and just answer some questions. And, you know, we had to start recording because we were having a great conversation beforehand. So I want to bring her on officially, though, so that you guys can hear it. Her name is Cheryl Tan. And, you know, Cheryl has told thousands of stories while working as a broadcast journalist in Georgia and Virginia. She has a 20-year career in TV news And now Cheryl shares those interviewing and storytelling skills with business owners who want to tell the stories of their companies through video or through media. As a journalist turned entrepreneur, Cheryl taps into the skills she developed while on the air and uses them to help entrepreneurs be seen as experts in their fields. She helps them connect with clients, customers, and the media through video and public relations. And it's a very necessary topic and skill that a lot of us, including myself, don't really take time to practice. So you're doing a service, Cheryl. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. (laughs) Amy, thank you so much for saying that. Sometimes we just don't feel the value of what we do, but I, I love it. I love talking to people and hearing about what makes them tick, what gives that spark. You know, like when you're talking to somebody and you can see it in their eyes, you can hear it in their voice that they're excited about something. And to me, I love the opportunity to ask questions and get people to share what it is that they love with me. Guys, I met Cheryl at DC PodFest about, I want to say a year and a half, two years ago or something like that. Yeah. And we had sat down at a table with uh, another individual, I think it was Todd Cochrane, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and we were just talking and it was so natural and so smooth And I was like, I didn't know what Cheryl did at that time. But in my head, true story, in my head, I'm like, man, she could be an interviewer. She, she, (laughs) such great questions. And I'm just like captivated. Then come find out that is her background. So it makes sense. And Cheryl, we were talking earlier about, you know, finding your voice. And we were talking in a specific instance, but in general, with the clients you work with in your 20 year career, you know, do you find that people have a, trouble finding their voice, not just necessarily for a podcast, but in life. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think I can use my story as a a great basis for this. I mean, I grew up in Northern Virginia. I went to a great school. I went to the University of Virginia. And you think you go to school, you work hard in high school, you get into a good college, and you think you know what you want to do. And life takes you in different directions. So, your journey just kind of, it changes as you change, as you grow, as you mature. 
So I went in as thinking I was going to be a business owner. I was going to get into the commerce school at UVA. It didn't turn out like that. It turned out that I really should have listened to what I love doing, which is writing. I was an English major. And that moved me into working with the school newspaper and working at a radio station in Charlottesville. And from there, the news director there was like, yeah, I think you should do TV. <laughs> and I was like, um, I don't even know what that is. I, I could never do this. And, you know, your path goes where it's meant to, I think. And, you know, I, I had no idea what I was doing at that point in time. And if anybody remembers my first on-air performance in Macon, Georgia, you'll know that. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but, no, I, I think... Uh, we learn from each other. I'm a big believer in learning from each other. So that's helped me figure that out. And so when I talk to people, to answer your question, about people having trouble kind of sharing their message and sharing their story, I think it depends on uh, where they are in life, right? And and how um, comfortable they are with what they're doing. Well, in using your story, which by, as a side note, what was the uh, business you were thinking of going for? I uh, had no idea. Had no clue. Really? I was that wasn't even into, a hit. Yeah, no. I, was go, I went into college thinking, I'm just going to own a business. Just any I had business? no idea what business. Wow. No, no, absolutely. No clue, which is probably why it wouldn't have worked. And I'm really glad that I tapped into what I really enjoyed, which was writing and then connecting with people on stories. Because I was, as a newspaper reporter for the uh, campus newspaper, I had the opportunity to meet people in the community and ask them what they were passionate about, about things happening in Charlottesville and in town. And that really got me on the journey of listening to people. And that really is a, is a critical part of, of all of this is listening and just having that curiosity. So you were saying, um, being an interviewer, uh, I'm just nosy. I think that's what it is. I just, <laughs> I just have to know. <laughs> I just it's, have to know about people. <laughs> so that's that innate ability within you. That you just have to know that you're asking these questions. Yes. And so is that what, you know, it's interesting because when in college, it's a running joke because in college I went through probably four major minor changes in the sense of chemical engineering to computer science to math. And, you know, we, yeah. we're always discovering ourselves and tr allowing ourselves to do that. But you were doing business and mm -hmm. you were doing what you loved on the side. Is that, did you kind of want to figure out how can I get something I love still a piece of it up as a part of my college experience? Is that why you joined the, the, the newspaper? I felt like as an English major, I was never going to get a job. And so... Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that might not be then, wrong. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. So I decided to try and take the love of literature and writing and, and see if maybe that could help me find employment after college. And so that's why I went to the newspaper and... Reporters don't make a ton of money <laughs> coming out of school, so I clearly wasn't doing it for the money. <laughs> Cheryl, but, I don't know what you're talking about. The movies tell me that you guys <laughs> do a great, great job, and your money is there. It's like lawyers. You should be making six reporters? figures. Oh, man, right out of school? No. <laughs> <laughs> guys, you hear it here. It's a fallacy. I, that's right. Exactly. I, my first TV job, I made $15,000 a year. <laughs> I actually am in shock about that. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, hopefully it's a little bit different now, but who knows? Who yeah, knows? that's true. I mean, different mediums and stuff, but 
Right. Even then, when you when you took that job, at that point, that wasn't a. I'm still trying to decide if this is what I love, or was that? Let me see what happens. You know, I would have to say it would be a let me see what happens. Okay. Um, I'm that kind of person to work and work and work to make something work. And if it doesn't work the way I want, I'm moving on to the next thing. So for sure, when my mentor at the radio station said, well, I think you should try television, had never occurred to me before she said that. I said, you know, that sounds like something interesting for sure. Something where I can use my writing and my interviewing skills and learn something new being on camera and creating video clips and putting all that together, uh, merging video with words and creating stories. That sounded fascinating to me. And so I did what most people back then did in trying to break into TV news is I got internships Mm -hmm. in TV stations. I worked for free in a couple of places. On the side while working, I would make a resume tape. So I'd make a, a video reel of myself doing stories and interviewing people and doing stand-ups. So you're standing in front of the camera and telling a story. And I'd send that out and get, I got a job. I got a job offer in Macon, Georgia. So that's where I started. I'm, I've never seen the behind the scenes process of newsmaking or reporting. Is it, is it similar to what we see in, because oftentimes a courtroom and law mm-hmm. shows that we see isn't the full story, right? It's, it, a lot no. of it's settled before it goes to court. Is that the same kind of concept for people who are interested in being a reporter? Oh, man. If you ever want to be a reporter, first things first, you should probably do an internship at a TV station to see that it's not glamorous. It is absolutely not glamorous. And when I first started in TV news, uh, way back when, like a million years ago, I worked at a TV station that had one 30-minute newscast. So it was a 10 p.m. newscast. That was it. And we had, I think, maybe four or five reporters working for that show. It's just about perspective. We just we were so new in the business. We didn't think we'd make air many times. It was running around, shooting tape, editing that tape, voicing over, putting in video. And then at 10 o'clock, it's going live. But now in 2017, TV stations all around the country, they have minimum eight, nine hours of live news every single day. So it can be a madhouse, especially in, in times of breaking news, uh, a madhouse. There is a deadline at every corner for a reporter. And so you have to be really good at managing your time, at uh, quickly getting interviews to share their story. So that's why I got really good at that. And writing those pieces and editing them all together in order to go live on the news. It takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot of practice, I have to tell you. So that's why in the beginning, you're not as good <laughs> as you will be after having years in the business. Well, if you don't mind me asking, because you, when you say in the business, you were in the business for over 20 years. Right. And that's right. a wonderful, I mean, to me, I think that's a great amount of time. I mean, 20 years, but I know that there are some fields where they're like, Oh, that that's early or that's late. Is that right. something there? Or do you feel like you did everything you wanted in the field? It's funny that you asked that. So I, I loved, I'm going to say this again. I love, love, loved mm-hmm. my career in TV news. Like it 
brought me so many opportunities. I met so many incredible people. I learned about so many different walks of life through being in television news. But there was a period of time in 2014, and that was, uh, it was just before my 20-year mark. I, I looked around, and I was an anchor at that point. So I was in the studio, and I just looked around, and I thought, I, I love this, but I feel like I can do something more. And I think probably the people who listen to your show, Amy, mm-hmm. have felt that, right? You feel like I am in a good place. Like people tell me how great it is, but I personally feel like there can be something more. And so I listened to that. I was like, okay, well, if I want something more, what is that? Because I've worked so hard to get here. I've worked so many hours to get to this point. It's a competitive business. If I leave, somebody else is going to take my place. And am I okay with that? And so at that point in time, I thought, you know, I, I would like something more. I want something a little bit more family friendly time wise, because I worked a morning show, meaning I got up at two in the morning and while I was there for my children in the afternoon, I was tired. Two like, in the morning, yeah. Bone two, tired. Yeah, two in the morning is not that tired. glorious lifestyle. <laughs> it is not glorious. I mean, I had makeup on by 3.30 in the morning every single day. So I, you know, I thought, what else could I do? And I think I did what a lot of other people do as they try and figure out as they have a full-time job or they have a, a pretty good gig and you're trying to figure out how to change and do something else is you look at your options. And- For me at the time, I looked at, well, what do I know how to do? I know the news business. I know how to tell stories. I can write. And so I just started getting odd jobs. Like I would take um, the situations I was in. So if I was at the grocery store or uh, the people I met on a daily basis, like um, my tax accountant, I would just ask them, hey, do you need help with like your newsletters or writing or any sort of outreach, like media outreach, not knowing where that would take me. And people were like, yeah, I would. I would like that help. And so I started getting like small clients while I still had a job that didn't interfere, like no conflict with the job I was doing. But just to see, like, could I do something on the side? Can I make some money? And, uh, and then, I, then I took the leap in June of 2014. And that's it. See, that's an interesting approach because in interviewing um, dream chasers like yourself and a number of other people through the course of the show and just talking to some people, mm-hmm. I've noticed that there are a few different mindsets, right? One, mm-hmm. let me yeah. keep the day job and let me just test out this other thing. Mm-hmm. Two, mm-hmm. let me, I, I got to go all in or mm-hmm. it's never going to happen. I don't mean it if I don't. And, you know, then there's that I just can't do it. It's not worth the risk. It may not work out. I just mm-hmm. don't do it, right? And that seems to be the the spectrum. Did you feel that you were giving it your all when you were testing it out? I mean, because if, if it was different and you you tried it and it didn't necessarily work out, you had one or two bad ones and you went back to news full time, right. do you feel that you gave it all when you were testing it that way? No, mm. I don't actually. I was just sort of dipping my toe in the water, if you will. I don't know if I would have done it any differently, but but you're right. You're exactly right. Everything you said, exactly right. That for me, at least, I was just testing. So I wasn't like making four phone calls a day and booking calls with people to talk with. I was just like, as I was out and about, I'd ask people. And 
I mean, that's not really a strategy, but it's what I did at the time. And it was enough for me to say then, okay, here's my date. And after this date, I'm going all in. Which is, you know, fantastic because it did work out for you, right? Yeah. And oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that you have at least a schedule that you're comfortable with now. You get to spend time with family. You're doing mm-hmm. what you enjoy. Mm-hmm. And you've been doing it, what, now, two years? Yeah, two and a half years. How yeah. are things going? It's going great. It really is. And, you know, we've been talking throughout the show about sort of journeys and pivots and changes. So when I speak with people, like I, I do some local speaking and and they ask, you know, how did you get the gumption, the courage to leave something that you've always known. So the only thing I've ever known in my adult life is uh, talking in front of a camera and reading a teleprompter. Yeah, (laughs) that's all I knew. Um, And I think it was just a faith, right? A faith in yourself and a faith that you can do more, that you can serve people in a different way. So in the beginning, when I first started all in, it was all about public relations and helping companies create relationships with journalists who have been my friends, right? So journalists are my friends and I know how the process works and I was helping them create those connections with those journalists. And then I started to think that I'd like to empower people more because while getting media for your company can definitely help It can definitely move the needle in your business and create opportunities and bring business to your door if done correctly. I wanted to empower people to help them tell their story through video. Video is one of those things that will not go away, good or bad, right? (laughs) You have to sort of know how to speak on video, whether it's a video conference call or if you're on stage, people need to see you these days and in order to connect with you, it's important to be able to share your message on video, on any sort of conference call, even through audio. It's sort of the same kind of thing. It's to be able to tell your story in those ways. So it really is the opportunity and the availability for you to tell your story in a compelling way. And so that sort of is my second prong, I guess. So it's media relations, Mm -hmm. media outreach, public relations, and then empowering people to share their own stories on video, on audio. And it's all about telling your stories in a way that helps you and helps your audience. And that's the interesting thing. I mean, even in having this conversation and your story, right, I'm the takeaway I'm getting is, you know, being self-aware and knowing when to listen to your gut to pivot. Mm, and yeah. kind of, you know, decide which is your comfort zone, you know, am I testing it? Am I giving it right. all or am I just giving up on it? And right. I think that's a feature that not all dream chasers have. <laughs> I, I mean, you have a, you have one where you actually listened to your gut and thought, hey, maybe not business writing. Right. Right, right, right. You know, and maybe and, not writing business. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and maybe... Maybe that's the way it had to happen. Maybe that was the order that it had to happen. But I mean, it sounds like your business education that you got initially is coming back. So you're using it. Yeah. Right. And do you yeah. feel that you're still kind of um, figuring it out even now, now that you've had prong two 
empowering mm-hmm. and you're, you're mm-hmm. working on that. Are mm-hmm. we still creating more prongs or are we adapting the ones we have currently? I personally feel like I'm always learning everywhere I go with everyone I meet. The thing is, is we have such a, an opportunity to be surrounded by amazing people. If you think about your own community where you live, and then if you find online homes or if you listen to shows, podcasts, YouTube channels, there are so many opportunities to surround yourself with amazing people. So I feel like I'm always learning and seeing how those lessons, I can use that in what I'm trying to create. We don't need to reinvent the, re- the wheel, right? So um, we're kind of all in this together. That's how I feel. I think, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Cause there are things <laughs> that I don't know that i I don't want to reinvent it and just try and recreate why, when, if I interviewing or just even uh, putting a story together, finding mm-hmm. my voice, I would come mm-hmm. to you, right? Because <laughs> you have that experience, that background. Whereas right. if you needed uh, computer help or something about websites or something like that, you could reach out to me or someone who has that experience. I will definitely do that. But <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but it, it's that kind of uh, a thing, I think. And it's interesting you say it that way because I was having a conversation with a friend of mine earlier this week and she was so frustrated with the fact that she couldn't do something she loved. She, she was really into, she wanted to put a podcast together and she just didn't have time or money to do the things that she wanted, like a quality product. And I was like, well, why don't you ask for help? And that seemed to be the biggest light bulb for her Mm. that she could get help. And I'm imagining that on your journey, you had people who helped you. Mm, Absolutely. Wow. That's so true. But did you seek those people out? I did. I did. I always look for people around me. uh, And I think that's also why uh, so many people now are chasing their dreams in a different way is that if you know where to look and if you're open to looking, just like you mentioned in that story with your friend, seems like you gave her permission. Sometimes we need permission, but you've given her permission almost to seek help, seek the help that she needs to get her podcast off of the ground. But yeah, I mean, I, I just, I looked around and at the time, to be very honest, I just, I didn't know a lot of solo entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I just, I didn't, but I had also at the time been interviewing some pretty successful entrepreneurs in my community just for a show that I was hosting. And that's where I got the idea to start my own company is I saw these really big local companies do well. They had employees, they had products, they had storefronts, they had all kinds of things. And they were making an impact not only in our area, but in some cases around the country. And I was like, I these entrepreneur people, they're kind of cool. I really like them. <laughs> uh, so while I didn't know um, a lot of people who were doing what I wanted to do, I mean, they seemed like they were 100,000 steps ahead of me. I just sought them out. I mean, I would look for local people. I knew when you're looking for it, you're going to find it. So I started looking in my network for people who had left something to do something like create a business. And I found them. I found them. And I immersed myself in their groups and talked with them. And they were local, actually. They were local at the time. And then I branched out and found people 
in other groups. And I still do that. I'm always looking for people who want to connect and just, I love, well, we know, I love hearing their stories <laughs> and I'm super nosy. So I'm going to get right in there. <laughs> well, so let me ask you something about what you just said, though. You mm-hmm. found people who left something and started a business. You didn't, yes. you didn't try to focus on finding people who left news reporting and started a business? That's such a good point, Amy. Uh, it doesn't happen that often. Huh. It happen, It's happening more now. I'm noticing people more now. But no, I did not know any. And in fact, if you look at my Google searches from way back then, I looked. I was like, I was looking for like journopreneurs, journalists turned entrepreneurs. There's not that many out there. It was okay to find somebody not in your area then? Uh, I started first locally. Okay. And now for sure, I'll go anywhere. I'll talk to people anywhere. Well, it's about the story, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, show when, when you're reaching these people, because I, I love the fact that you didn't limit yourself. You know, I don't find anybody who's leaving journalism and started a business. Oh, well, now there's nothing. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people have that mindset, you know, hit that first obstacle and you're done. But you just kept going. I mean, you found people. Mm-hmm. And so... Is that, a, is that just a you thing? Oh, I think it probably is a journalist thing, to okay. be honest. I think when you have a deadline. Tenacity. Yeah. I mean, if you have a deadline that is right around the corner and a producer calling you and you need a story, you can turn that into sort of any, any kind of situation to just get it done. So, yeah, no, it's a big get it done thing. <laughs> Let's get it done. Well, we, and you may have seen this in the stories you covered in your career and with the people you're working with now, what do you think is the lesson, a common lesson that you found amongst them in change, changing careers, the ones who have changed their story? I feel like that the, the common thing is they're always doing it for a reason. Hmm. And I love that part is they're always uh, leaving their corporate career or something that's cushy or something that they've always known. And they're leaving for something that is passionate to them, whether it's um, a sick family member that they want to take care of and that they've um, wanting to make time in order to spend more time with that family member, whether it's they want to kind of downgrade from a crazy corporate life. It's a passion to help other people that has sort of moved them over the hump. I mean, if you think about business and I mean, you're in business too, Amy, that, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of hurdles. There's a lot of things that is not in the general, like in the general knowledge category when you're talking about uh, getting clients and marketing and closing deals. And then, I mean, geez, taxes, <laughs> the business structure, that alone, and the finances. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's just a lot that happens. And it's important, I think, for them to have that passion about what it is they want to do, how they want to serve somebody, because that other stuff is kind of a pain. If that's not their strength, the other stuff could leave them, I mean, really in the lurch. Yeah. I think that's, a very common thing and, <laughs> and for people. Yeah. It, it really is. I mean, right. with the people who are, are, are chasing their passion, you know, 
a lot of people say it's the why. I mean, you've heard mm-hmm. of that, right? It's mm-hmm. what is your mm-hmm. why? That is what will move you. That is what will mm-hmm. drive you. And Absolutely. that seems to be the one thing some people don't know or don't realize what it is. Do you have a, a suggestion on how you can figure out what your why is for anyone who's been struggling with that? Hmm. Such a good question. How to find that why? For me personally, when I talk to people, mm-hmm. when I talk with clients, or people who sort of need a focus, is it comes out pretty naturally once you talk with people. And so that is probably my best suggestion, is to find someone to talk with. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a friend. It can be, uh, you know, maybe somebody you find online who is business-minded. But if you can articulate what it is you do and how you serve... That to me is the biggest barometer of, of your moving forward. Because a lot of times people want certain things and they, uh, and they want a, a change in life. But if they can't articulate it pretty succinctly, what it is they do, how they plan to do it, and what they're going to do to finish out that process, mm-hmm. if they don't do that then they need, to, they need to do a lot of thinking. They need to do a lot of soul searching before they get to that point. Because most people, if they don't have that plan, right, if they just sort of have, oh, I want to start a business, I want to do this, that, or the other, that's not, uh, that's not concrete enough for them to get moving on to the next step. And so if you can talk with somebody who's sort of that, uh, and there are a lot of people out there like that, right, who's the um, very... Uh, on point kind of person that'll get you from A to Z. If you talk to that person and that person can see very clearly what it is you want to do and how you're going to get there, then you've got a greater chance of success. And it's interesting because I I was just thinking that more and more people are doing that, right? Coaching and Mm -hmm. uh, mentorships Mm -hmm. and things and just the different mediums that there are. You were talking earlier about how video, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. isn't really going away. It's just the, no. the format of it, right? And so the the excuses and reasons for not finding someone <laughs> and being able to have a conversation, whether it be by phone, uh, mm-hmm. Facebook Live, or you know, Skype, FaceTime, whatever, seems to be minimizing. But I think, I don't know if it's a, an awareness thing that people know that these people are out there mm. or that uh, they just don't, are afraid. Because what happens yeah. if you say yes or you find out what it is? Then you got to do something maybe. Right. 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 And, and I think that's probably the biggest part of that is once you put it out there, some people may think that's enough. But some people might once they, you know, once they say they're going to do something or they are uh, putting a plan t- together and have the steps to round out that plan, some people will actually move forward on that and how exciting that is how fulfilling have you seen people do the opposite figure it out and then not pursue it Mm, yeah yeah I have I have but I mean at the same time we're we're all in this together right so if if you're in a community with somebody maybe you're in a mastermind or you're in a group and you're close with somebody and you see them struggling. I think that, you know, I I think if they reach out and say, 
how do I get to that next step? I mean, I, I think that it's, it's easy, I think, to help pull them along. And, and hopefully they can see that it's easy, too, to reach out and ask for that help. And so it kind of goes to that point that you said earlier about your friend with help on her podcast mm -hmm. is it's okay to ask for help. It's more than okay because there are plenty of people out here, especially in the podcasting community. I know you've seen that who'd be willing to talk with you and say, you know, I'm here for you. I can help you get started, get moving. And what's interesting is I've also seen the, the other side of it, right? I've also seen people say, Hey, I'm here to help who needs it. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Or just, That's you great. Know, Hey, I can help you. Uh, what's going on? Cause it's always interesting. Cause you can, you know, it's a perspective thing, really. From one perspective, it's, hey, it's okay to ask for help. From the other, it's, hey, it's okay to offer help. <laughs> Which is, it's always interesting to be perspectives and how we have to change perspectives sometimes to kind of get there. Because while we say, yes, you should ask for help, I also think it's important to kind of say, hey, yes, you can offer help. Right. Also, I mean, because, right. I mean, you're doing it with your, um, you guys, and all the links will be on the show notes page. You have a newsletter where you share tips and advice mm -hmm. and stuff. So it's not a necessarily a direct way, but you here's a way that you are helping people with their uh, ability in video with what they're doing, right? Um, mm -hmm. You've spoken at PodFest, uh, DC PodFest, and mm -hmm. you have these opportunities in your speaker. So I don't know if you did that intentionally, but I do think that that is a way that you are offering help for others. Was that mm -hmm. an intentional part on yours? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would definitely, if, if somebody wants the, the knowledge, I, I guess, it's just what I've known over years being in TV newsrooms. If somebody wants that knowledge, I want them to have it. So I've tried to create the, the content on the website and, and just opportunities for people to learn about video, about PR, about media outreach, to help them get to the next level, to help them move forward. And uh, you, I, I feel like we all talk about it, but I do really believe it. It's the connection. It's people making that connection. I'm so thrilled that we met each other, that we both met each other at, uh, at DC PodFest and that we're continuing the relationship. It's the connection and we'll always have that. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, people, I think, underestimate the power of networks and mm. connections because, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sure if, if somebody asked you, hey, do you know a, and named a type of, I guess, career, mm -hmm. you either would know directly or know someone who would know someone. Sure. To be able to push, Absolutely. put them in touch, right? Absolutely. And, I love introduction emails. I love to make them. I love them. And, you know, and I, I hadn't come up with the word, but um, my friend Cornell Thomas had, had called me a connector. Because <laughs> at, at DC, at Podcast Movement, I was putting people in touch with each other. Mm -hmm. And I had never heard that before. And it's kind of essentially what networking is, but even just building a relationship. You know, right. us having that conversation and being able to, a year and a half later, still have conversations with each other. Right. You know, and it, it's a very right. powerful thing. Would you say that in your career and in your new career, Mm -hmm. that those connections have helped you? Absolutely. So if you think about it from mm -hmm. when I was in Macon, 
and I was a reporter and there are reporters all around the country. I'm just going to go from the reporter standpoint, but reporters move up, they move cities. And so now I know reporters around the world as they've moved up. We started in very small markets, making very little money. And now they're in huge cities and they're doing some amazing things. Some of them have left the business. They haven't necessarily started their own businesses, but they've certainly used their communication skills to work in some pretty incredible places. And, and now those people are connections. So think about it as someone from a business standpoint. Like, let's say you make a connection with a reporter just starting out in, let's say, a Macon, Georgia. Okay. You make that connection with that reporter and that reporter uh, puts you on television, tells your story on a TV station, the 6 p.m. news on the NBC affiliate in a little town in Georgia, for example. That reporter moves up to Atlanta, highly possible. Maybe then from Atlanta moves to San Francisco, maybe then to New York or maybe the network. And that connection is still there should you decide to continue to cultivate that. Keeping in touch, sharing news about your business, or even just like being sort of real, like a real connection. Like maybe you're both avid Falcons fans or something. But whatever that is, is that reporter can perhaps move up to the network and then you have someone as a connection working for the network. Does that happen? All the time. time. (laughs) All the time. And it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't actually have to be in, you know, that particular situation, but all the time. I mean, conceptually, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, my current job was because a friend Mm -hmm. put me in touch with it, you know, and that's my sister, a friend uh, made her aware of the opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there are a number of times that happens and we're not saying, or, and just to be clear, you're not saying that they have to have 24 seven or even just seven days a week communication with these people. Right. No, I mean, so I, like I've worked in Macon, I've worked in Richmond, I've worked in Virginia beach and there are people who some of them still keep in touch with me from my past cities. It's not every week. It's not every year even, but every few years, Hey, it's great. You know, do you remember we met at this story? And sometimes I do. (laughs) And then they just tell me what's going on with them. I'm like, that's awesome. Thanks for connecting. You know, I love that because sometimes I think the people I don't see as often, Mm -hmm. I have a different connection or different relationship with, but sometimes it seems more, it seems deeper almost where Mm -hmm. when when you see them again, Mm -hmm. I mean, I saw you again at podcast movement and it's almost like, Hey, has this much time actually passed since we last saw each other? (laughs) Now that's not a good thing. Like things happen so quickly, but it was great to see you. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. It wasn't a lot of time there, but I mean, you don't have to have a a constant connection, but sometimes if it's a genuine one Mm -hmm. and I think you hit the word cultivate and just kind of nurture a relationship, just like any other relationship, think of it as a friendship. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Now, now, Cheryl, before we, we end the show, one of the things I ask is the last question, which mm-hmm. uh, for you is, um, what is one action you would tell someone who's chasing their dream to take today? Well, this is not fair, I think, but because you sort of said it in your, in your question, but it is to take action. It is to do one thing 
to move you forward, whether, and most people know what it is. That's the thing is most people know what that one thing is, but they, but it's scary. So that one thing could be, I need to make a phone call to, uh, somebody to maybe help me get potential side work. It is maybe that one thing is I need to record a video and put that on my website or I need to do, uh, I need to put in a request to speak at podcast movement. I mean, it's scary stuff. Usually people don't have a problem with the stuff that's easy. I mean, they, of course, right? So it's not, it's not that they're not motivated. It's, it's scary. So my advice is to do that one thing and sort of like when you eat something bitter, like, uh, veggies or something, (laughs) eat it fast, (laughs) get it over with. And if you have trouble with that part is that's where you get help. Get someone to help you maybe create that video or help you write a script. So when you pick up the phone to call that scary person on the other end of the line, because you're asking for something kind of big. Well, so you have a script, totally fine to read from a script. I think scripts are fine. So get some support if you need it, but do that one thing because what happens if it goes well? What if you create that video and it makes a connection that gets you new business? Or what if you pick up the phone and you make that phone call and that person says, "Uh, yes, of course, what have you been waiting for? I mean, so think about that. So really it is taking action, which is what you said, Amy, but if something stops you, and and a lot of times it's not easy, then get the help you need to push you forward. That's okay, Cheryl. I'll allow it because that was very, very well said. So <laughs> I, I'm going to allow that. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Cheryl, thank you so much for taking time off on your Saturday morning to, to speak with us. And you guys can absolutely connect with Cheryl at CherylTanMedia.com. And I'll talk more about the show notes later, but you're fantastic. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much, Amy. You are fantastic. And I have loved watching your journey. You're going to soar. I know it. Dream Chasers, that was Cheryl Tan. I mean, you, you're going to have to go to the show notes. There were so many little nuggets of gold knowledge being dropped today. You may not have got them all. Check them out. Links. All of those little nuggets are on the show notes page over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com slash episode 83. That's episode 83. And take Cheryl's advice. Do one thing to move yourself forward, okay? So until next time, guys, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's aimeej one Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing.